Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mayday, mayday. Welcome along to the Full Throttle Podcast from Eurosport. It is Wednesday, the 1st of May, already 2019. And we've got Alton Park BSB coming up this weekend. It does seem appropriate, actually, that it's International Workers' Day because the work never stops. Straight from Silverstone, they've had an Alton Park test and then the Alton Park races as well. Now, there's two men leading the championship. One of them is Josh Elliott. The other is Tara McKenzie, winners number 48 and 49 in the modern era of BSB, which dates back to 1996. We've got number 49 on the line with us now, Tara McKenzie. Just to review that Alton Park test, look ahead to this weekend in Cheshire. And of course, there's a few words on that incident with his teammate, Jason O'Halloran, at the Silverstone opener. Later on, we'll also have a quick update from Leandro Mikado as well, the world superbike rider with Oralak Kawasaki on his injury update. But first of all, it's Tara McKenzie. So Tara's time flies when you're having fun. Alton Park coming up this weekend already. But if we just quickly go back to Silverstone, have you had time now just to calm down after the elation of your first win and accept that Tara McKenzie is a British Superbike winner? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, especially now. After Silverstone, I had one day off and then I had to go back there for two days for a, a dealer event. So sort of all go and then I had the Alton test uh, the day after that. So... Uh, last weekend was nice just to sort of relax and, and not do anything really and sort of, yeah, as you said, calm down from it all. Now, you had a lot of friends at Silverstone, didn't you, watching the race? So did you all go out partying after or is everybody too knackered? Yeah, they, uh, a couple of my mates came and, and one of my friend's family, they came to, to watch me, but I think they'd um, been drinking too much beer during the day. It was a nice day as well, so by the time they got home, they were they just went straight to bed, so there was no partying for me. Um <laughs> Yeah, I just went back and, and watched all the all the racing from the weekend. Well, that's interesting, actually, because that's something I always do as well. Obviously, from a broadcasting point of view, I like to watch back what we've done. But also just to remind ourselves, because it's easy to forget sometimes what's happened, isn't it, when we're there at the time and in the midst of it all. What about for you, though? Because I guess you must see things back on the TV that people have said and things that have happened that you probably weren't aware of at all while you were on the track. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Um yeah, it's not. I like watching the whole build up to it, uh, and I know they would, they did a a feature on Keith Flint, which I wanted to see. So, but aside from that, I always watch back my races and and some races that I never really get to watch on a race weekend just because I don't have time. Like the I like watching the British Super Sport race and and obviously Taylor's race when I'm getting warmed up and 
and getting ready for race two. Taylor's out on track, so I never get get to see his race. So, uh, yeah, I like to watch it all back, and then um, Dad likes to sit there and uh, give me constructive criticism sometimes. And <laughs> um, and yeah, and just to to watch all you guys back commentating and and, uh, and yeah, the volume down enjoy probably. It. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, I'll bear that in mind if I'm ever commentating on you in a race in the future. So thanks for that. But uh, no, honestly speaking, though, what's it like? Because I know when my dad gives me various advice on life matters. Sometimes you feel like you want to take it. Sometimes you feel like you don't. What's it like for you? Yeah, it's a very similar situation. Uh, sometimes I have to tell him to sh- just shut up. But <laughs> nine times out of ten, the the advice he gives me is is right. So um, yeah. yeah, he's. He's obviously a massive help and uh, yeah, very lucky to have him in my corner. So do you feel like you're learning more about your own racing and your own riding style when you're watching back? Or are you focusing more on what the other guys are doing who you obviously couldn't see because you were in the race? Yeah, a little bit of both really, just because the, there's, a lot, like, there's a lot of bikes that you've got to ride them differently to how the, the, the Yamaha's ridden. So to watch back what, sort of I don't know say Scott Redding or Glenn Irwin's doing mm. on a, a different manufacturer then you can learn from that but I think watching back myself's probably the most important thing really just to see if I've done anything wrong or if I can improve on anything um, and yeah I enjoy I've well we stayed up to one o'clock on Sunday night watching everything back and then got up the next morning and watched it all again so uh yeah I just enjoy it and I think it it definitely helps uh for the future so uh yeah it's all good now i promised you before we did the interview i wasn't going to get too much into what happened but now you've said you watched it back i've got to ask because i'm thinking about it now i can see you p- p- sat there on your sofa <laughs> in Ashby de la Zouche. how are you feeling when you were watching that back going into the final lap of race one yeah obviously uh i was sat on the bike so from the tv angle it in my opinion it's it's different mm, i was yeah. obviously sat on the bike i've got the perfect view and and yeah the opportunity uh came about and i just i went for it so i, I saw a gap and i went for it and i have no regrets with what i did because i'd still be sat here talking to you you now kicking myself kicking myself yeah. for, for to make a pass and i got by it was just unfortunate uh, that he went down and, and of course with it being my teammate and the Macam Jamaha first one two and everything it was just, yeah not good on that side but uh, it was I made amends in race two it's just unfortunate that Jason uh, had an issue so uh, but yeah I ended the the weekend on a high so that was the main thing I know what you mean, though. I know exactly what you mean, because I remember when you and I spoke on the Sunday night at Silverstone, and I was thinking about it after, and I was thinking, it's true what you say in the sense that had you not gone for that gap, you definitely, and probably people around you in the team, and and punters and uh, pundits and whatever, probably would have been saying, oh, Taryn McKenzie probably could have had a go there. And obviously, you did not want that to happen and become a reality, did you? No, that's it, exactly. And it was hard because of... I followed Jason for the majority, well, all the race, but I thought my plan was to try and make a move on the the last lap, but I wasn't from maybe like 10 laps to go, I made a mistake which you didn't see on TV coming Mm. out of the the second to last corner and high-sided, landed back in the seat, and then from then on, Jason had a gap that was maybe like 0.3 or 0.4, 
of a second, which doesn't yeah. sound a lot, but round there it is when when the lap time's so short. And so I I did a lot of hard work to get back to him, and especially on that last lap. And I, and that's when I thought, well, I've done all this hard work for nothing now. I may as well have just sat back and if I wasn't going to pass him, I may mm. as well have just sat back and taken second. But the hard work I did, I, I think I set my fastest lap on lap 24 or something of 30. So, uh, yeah, when when the the gap opened up, that's why I had to go for it because I felt like I'd, I'd done all this hard work for nothing, really. And, and as well, Dad's drilled into me since I was younger that I should never, never have any regrets of doing anything on a bike, especially... I should never because I can remember when I was maybe like seventeen or eighteen. I watched the race back with him, and I, and just watching it, I said, "Oh, I wish I passed him," or I, I think it was in Stockton, and I said, "I wish I'd made that pass." And he turned to me and was like, "Never, never, like finish a race and think oh, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. Because yeah. You'll regret it." So, and from then on, that's what that's what I've done and if it's the right move or the wrong move or maybe I've passed them too early and then they've passed me back I've, at least I've had a go and and I think someone on Facebook put something like you made a boring race one of the most exciting races from, from making that pass so I don't know I have it's just it was just unfortunate that one it was not just Jason but for the team mainly because it was obviously going to be a, an amazing race but uh, I'm over it and uh, just want to move on to Walton there. Yeah, but I think whatever anyone's opinion is, everyone knows 100% you definitely didn't do it on purpose. It's not the kind of thing you no. or, to be honest, anyone would do, is it really? I mean, these things no, you know, exactly. happen sometimes. No, that's it. And I've learned that everyone's entitled to their own opinion and I just need to sort of take the positive ones and ignore the negative ones because there's been a bit of criticism on social media and whatnot. But I've not let that affect me and just sort of, just get on with it and uh, obviously it's the relationship with Jason probably might be a little bit different now but uh, hopefully we can sort of just put it behind us and then and move on well I've got to say from a neutral point of view Taz it's it's an amazing situation for the championship generally as a spectator or a, a commentator because no one quite knows what's going to happen now for BSB's point of view it's great really isn't it yeah exactly yeah Josh Josh Elliott uh, running at the front of both races I think that was probably the biggest surprise yeah. of the weekend and no one expected him to I'm sure you would have got good odds on him having a double podium yeah, I bet. and yeah there's just obviously even further down the grid with like um, Brooks having two DNS and Scott Redden and, and Jason so yeah it was a, a very strange first round so I think Alton will be be a little bit different to, to Silverstone you have had a test at Olsen Park, of course, last week running up to this weekend's race. So two questions, really. A, how did your test go? And B, we've had winners number 48 and 49 now in BSB. Your dad was the first in 96 in the modern era. Um, yeah. Josh Elliott's become number 48. You've become number 49. So who do you reckon is going to be number 50? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Um, <laughs> my first test at Olsen uh, last week was, it wasn't too bad. I struggled there a lot last year really wasn't there it didn't come that easy compared to some other tracks um but the obviously the rain came in the afternoon but the sessions it did in the morning they seemed wasn't too bad i'm not gonna lie and say it was an amazing test because it probably wasn't but the initial feeling i had on the bike was was very good so that that was sort of the the positive thing really 
And so we just need to sort of build on what we did last week and going into this weekend. And for the, the fifth race winner, I don't know that will be like. Danny Buckham went very well at the test last week and he was a track he struggled at last year at Silverstone. He obviously made a big improvement this year. So, uh, And I quite like DB, so if anyone's going to be the 50th winner, I'll, I'll go with Danny Buckham. Hi, I'm Rachel Stringer and I hope you're loving Full Throttle. Don't forget to watch me and the BSB team on Eurosport and the Eurosport Player. Well, he sounds pretty relaxed, doesn't he, Tara McKenzie? Looking forward to Alton Park this weekend. I don't know if the Yamahas are going to be contending for victory in both of the races. I think they're certainly going to be up there, but it's going to be very close. But Josh Brooks certainly looks to be the favourite on the BYZER PBM run Ducati. He was actually a full second quicker, one full second quicker than second place in the recent test at Alton Park. So that's BSB. What about World Superbikes? Quick chat now with Leandro Mercado. Not the best audio, I'm afraid, on the quality of the call as he lives in Italy. In this particular call, it sounds like the reception on his mobile phone wasn't brilliant at the time. But it's bad news, I'm afraid, because Leandro Mercado is still out of action and he's not going to be racing in what is effectively a home round for him at Imola. Not this weekend, but next weekend, straight after Alton Park BSB, we've got Imola World Superbikes. But he was involved in a collision back at the Aragon round which he's going to explain for us now in the interview and it's kept him out of so far what will be a total of eight races three in Aragon effectively the two we had at Assen because we lost one with the snow and then three coming up at Imola next weekend so Hector Barbara will continue to sub for Mercado here in the meantime is the Argentinian with his injury updates so, Tati, thanks very much for joining us. I'm sorry it's not in happier circumstances, but after the accident in Aragon, you're still on the sidelines. But I guess the good news is that you live in Imola. You're talking to us now on the phone from Imola, so you don't have far to go to visit the race next weekend. Yeah, you know, it's a shame. I, 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 won't, I, I won't be um, I'll be one for the race, but at least I can watch from outside because when I live in here, but anyway, it was better if I was racing uh, next weekend. But I need uh, more time to recover my wrist and to be 100%. Now, you just live around the corner from the Autodromo, don't you? Just near the Ravazza. So I guess this means you could actually hear Alvaro Batista and Chas Davis when they were testing recently. Yes, yes. Last, last week I can hear the, 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 the noise or the sounds of the Death. Uh, I live like 500 meters more or less from, from the circuit, so really close. And uh, I can feel everything also when the cars are uh, driving there. And it's, it's crazy, but you know, it's nice to be close to the, to the track. Yeah, really nice place, Imola, isn't it? One of my favorites, actually, in the whole of the calendar. But um, talking about your scaphoid then and the injury. This happened on the very first lap of the first race in Aragon, didn't it? What actually happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, in the first in the first lap in Aragon, the race one, uh, I was going to the turn twelve. I was behind Leo Saslan, and I feel that the uh, Bianco touched me from behind. It made me make a big high side and really high. Uh, so I. I broke my scaphoid, uh, so I had to have a, a surgery in Barcelona. 
Uh, it's a shame because uh, I lose a lot of a lot of races. I just either go on Athens and now I have to lose also Imola. But you know, I'm now I'm feeling much better. Uh, also, uh, last last week I went to Barcelona for a check and, and everything was uh, okay. But I need to to wait to to start moving my head. Uh, so before Imola, uh, next week I have to go back to the doctor for another VT and to make a X-ray to see how the bone. And after that, uh, I think I can start to make the, the therapy. So it's a shame, but I, I will be 100% for Jerez. Oh, that's really good news. That was going to be my next question. So you're sure you will be able to ride in the Spanish round at Jerez, which of course is the home round, one of the home rounds for your team. Yes, yes, I will be for sure in, in Jerez. Well, in the beginning, the, the idea was to, to be back uh, at the Imola, but um, we also decided with the team and, and together were with the, with the doctors to, to, don't, to don't do the, the race because it was a big risk, especially here at the Imola, but there is a very technical and uh, track where you work a lot with the bike, you, you fight a lot with the bike and, and get for the corner, a lot of chicanes and it's you not know, the, the best track to to come back for after a, a injury. But so I think it was the the, the best uh, choice. Uh, so I will be back hundred percent. So best wishes to Leandro Mercado, Hector Barbara subbing for him at Imola next weekend. But he does live in the town of Imola. So no doubt the Argentinian will be on our Eurosport show when we get to Italy next week. But in the meantime, all attention shifts back to the Bennett's British Superbike Championship for the Alton Park Bank holiday weekend. Don't forget, everything is a day behind. So qualifying on Sunday, live on Eurosport 2, and the races, the third and fourth of the 2019 season, coming up on Bank Holiday Monday. Weather forecast looks pretty decent as well. And if last year's anything to go by, it's going to be absolutely boiling because we had amazing weather for the early season Alton Park round last year. And don't forget, this is the first of two visits to Alton in 2019. So many thanks from me, Greg Haynes. Many thanks from Tara McKenzie and Leandro Mercado. We will be live at Alton Park on Eurosport 2 this weekend. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.